0: Hey everybody! Welcome to Read, Watch, Play. I'm Justin. I'm James, and I'm Cleo. And on this episode, we're going to be talking about the Japanese film Battle Royale, directed by Kinji Fukasaku. So, kids killing kids. If there is anything that's all about kids killing kids. It's Battle Royale. Absolutely. Oh, um. And-
1: this movie it's like if if the briefs briefest of summaries would be a more violent hunger games
0: the the true hunger games yeah i'm gonna i'm
2: gonna go out on that limb so it the whole thing kind of starts with a kind of vague summary it goes by pretty fast and it the film's in japanese so you've got subtitles for it which not really a problem but it, it's definitely light on the backstory, where The Hunger Games is really kind of about slowly revealing some other stuff, but not giving you a lot of details. Yeah, Battle Royale is just like, all right, we got kind of a reason, go. And so my understanding was that the gist is just kids have gotten really rowdy. It's There's something about, like, kind of the economy wasn't doing so well, so adults kind of lost some status, so their kids couldn't look up to them anymore, so they just started getting like very rebellious it it's all kind of zipped through sort of quickly but the gist seems to be that kids are getting kind of out of control as a result the government creates the battle royale act which i guess no one seems to know about
0: yeah Um, yeah that was the thing that seems weird it's like because the movie intros with
1: it being televised it, it like yeah, yeah the
0: reporters are like running to like the winner of of this year's like battle royale or whatever and they want to talk to her and i like oh my god she's smiling and all that stuff and then like we get to the battle royale that the movie's about and the the like the kids have no idea not at all what's happening to them and i'm like this thing seems to have been going on for like a number of years it has been happening for at bare minimum
2: Four years. Yeah. This is the fourth one
0: at bare minimum.
2: Yeah, because we've seen three other victors. Right. No. And uh, the one guy says that there was a, like a victor in his as well, which I guess may have been, may have been the second victor who we see in this one. We can go back to that later. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so for context, a battle royale is a class of... Specifically
0: ninth graders.
2: Yeah, I was unclear if it's always ninth graders or if just the few examples that we had both happen to be ninth graders, but I think that you might be right. Yeah, it's it's
0: specifically a class of ninth graders chosen by the government once per year to be thrown onto this abandoned island and to kill each other. They they're they're strapped with bomb necklaces and they are each given a bag with enough food and water for the three days they're going to be on the island, along with a random quote-unquote weapon. I only I, I say it that way because some of the things end up not really being, like, not even being close to something that would be defined as a weapon. Yeah,
1: like a potlid.
0: Yes. Yeah, like I, I mean, I was even thinking more of the binoculars. Like yeah. One of the kids gets binoculars. It's like a potlid is like...
1: You can hit somebody
0: with it, and it's a shield, and it's like, binoculars are like a, a tool for yeah. tactical planning, but they are far from a weapon. Yeah.
1: Somebody yeah. like, like gonna... a tracking device. It's like right. it's like a yeah. tool rather than a weapon, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to bludgeon somebody to death with a pair of binoculars or a tracking device. I mean, probably not. Yeah. Um, But yeah, so what's interesting, and in what I found out after the fact when I was doing some reading, in the book, the battle royale happened on a weekly basis. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I don't even know how that's sustainable. How many classes <laughs> of ninth graders are in Japan? Uh, but yeah, in the movie, it's a year. It's an, a yearly thing, an yeah. annual thing, which makes way more sense to me. It's also way more similar to the Hunger Games. But we'll get into that later. Um, but yeah, I mean that that kind of covers our bases. Um,
2: yeah, and kind of as as the movie starts, it, it they do a good job of keeping the cast relatively like ensemble. There's there's a pretty clear protagonist, True, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Who you you get some backstory for? He's kind of the only character you get any real backstory for. Yeah. But so you've got that. But everyone else seems pretty pretty even. They you spend a lot of time with some characters who are only around for a scene or two. Um, you spend a lot of character uh, spend a lot of time with some of the characters who are kind of the the more proactive hunters. Um, yeah. You get some they spend some time
0: to with... like flesh out characters that are really only around for a scene. Like yeah. in the beginning, in the first, like you get the whole beginning section of the movie, and then you get the uh, the like first couple of deaths, right, which happen like kind of right out of the gate. Yeah, and then after that, like pretty much every character gets enough like backstory for you to kind of understand a, at least who they're supposed to be, like archetypically.
2: Yeah, and the dynamic that they're in in that scene that you see them. Like you don't really know how they relate to everybody else, but you understand any given character's relationship with the person with whom they are fighting or with whom they right. are trying to survive. Yeah.
1: Um I I'd say one of the and I mentioned this briefly in the last episode, but one of the main differences between Battle Royale and Hunger Games is that in Hunger Games none of these tributes know each other going into this. They're just thrown in together and ex- and expected to kill each other, which is a very different experience from battle Royale where this class has been with each other for a long time. Yeah. They're they all, all your friends. Each and other. Friend. It's it's, so you have a lot more of the, like the politics of teenage cliques and kind of like, they're weird. Like who do you trust? Who's really your friend? There's a lot of like backstabbing. Yeah. Um, and the, the lone wolves play a very distinct role. And there's the one girl whose name I can't remember who is, like, a very proactive killer.
0: Oh, yeah. I oh, can't yeah. remember her name either, but she is, like, terrifying.
2: She's great. Yeah. Like, just in general, it's, like, a force to have in the movie. Yeah. And she sells it. Oh, yeah. Like, she's super creepy. Just dark and brooding and, and the, the scythe
0: and just... Yeah. Oh, I guess it's not a scythe. What is that actually It's, it's like scythe a mini. Scythe, it's yeah. like a hand scythe. But, yeah, but, but yeah I thought... There, I thought... Yeah, never mind. Yeah. I thought there was another word for, like, hand scythe. Like I get what Curved
1: you're blade. <laughs> but is not a scimitar. Curved um, swords. It's like a farming tool, but yeah, it was just, yeah, for the the intro, kind of that ba- the background on like what happened to create such a world. It kind of reminded me a little bit of a Clockwork Orange in that it was just seemed to be like, oh, there's a lot of delinquents now here Yep. for some reason. Like Nobu, you see him stab the the um one of the teachers.
0: Who I, I thought he killed him. Cause like he cut him in like the back of his upper thigh. Isn't there like a huge artery like right there? Yeah, like you would
1: think. But then like he, I just
0: thought he was gonna die.
1: But then he comes back and he's yeah. the uh, kind of the main antagonist, I'd guess, sort in the, of in the way that he. It, it wasn't clear to me whether he did kind of push for this class to be selected because he said it was random, but he really did like didn't like these kids.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I could definitely see that. I could also see I, he's like sort of. I just like that they add depth to him he's not just like this angry adult who hates what kids have become and is spiteful
2: about these students there's a lot more to it uh which is great yeah he ends up being a really interesting character and i think that you're right it's like kind of as you sort of chip away at that and you get more of that depth they also do a good job of never making him entirely sympathetic like he doesn't have that like monologue at the end where he's just like oh no this is why this is why i'm not really such a bad guy and uh, it's he's still unequivocally just like a kind of a super terrible asshole. Yeah. yeah. And, but at the same time you get more shading to that. And I think that that's a really nice place to land.
0: I, who, who, who do you, th- who did you root for the most in all of this? I guess not even outside of our protagonist. Cause it's kind of hard to not include them, but like, was there anybody that you were like really rooting for that maybe wasn't them? I guess.
1: Well, I mean I love like the because they have you have the two people who have formerly been in the game in the in the right. Battle royale right you have um oh my God, their names this is going to be a I'm having a really hard time remembering everyone's names
0: i mean there are
2: there are forty two kids, yeah yeah, and so all of their names factor in at some point there are literally scenes where they read off all of them yep so it it is a lot of characters to keep track of. Um,
1: but there's basically there's like these two kind of older kids who are obviously not ninth graders. <laughs> yeah, there's
2: yeah. uh, it's Kawada, is
0: the one, right? Yes. Who's uh,
1: helping them out, right? Yes, because yeah. like you have the two protagonists, like Shu- Shuya, and um, and Noriko, and you think at first. Um, Nobu, but it's not even a spoiler. He gets killed right off, right away. Oh, yeah, yeah. very quickly. His head explodes. He's, he's like the example of what can the necklaces do to you? And it turns out they make your. Well, I guess they kind of exploded his artery. There was a lot of blood coming yeah, out of his not, neck. Yeah, it's
0: like a very small bomb that just kind of blows up part of your neck.
1: Yeah. And you, you die. And then you have these two kind of older boys one who ends up kind of being an ally to Shuya and Noriko. And. The other one who, you know, who's here on purpose and is just really happy to kill a lot of kids. He just really loves killing.
2: Yeah, he ends up being it in kind of a weird way. He ends up being a lot less scary than than the girl who kind of takes to it in the same way as him. I yeah, think, I think she was uh, uh, Jigusa?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Kuriyama. Um,
0: yeah, yeah. Who, go, who apparently went on to be an antagonist in the Kill Bill movies, which makes so much sense. Oh,
2: neat. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so in a lot of ways, he ends up being a lot less scary. I mean, he's going around, he gets, you know, he gets like a submachine gun early on. And, I mean, you know that, like, shit's going down when he shows up. But it's not nearly as, like, creepy and personal yeah, as when she's around. Like, she ends up being a much scarier character well, she, yeah like, he's like intimidating
1: she's all about like precision killing like yeah. stalking people hunting them down and like slitting their throats it's very personal for her whereas yeah. he doesn't know any of these people he's just like kind of spraying machine gun fire everywhere right.
2: he just wants to kill everybody yeah. yeah and for all that we were saying about like characters getting like fleshed out and you kind of understand them never anything for him nope yeah. i was really expecting at some point there would be something and that realistically it was going to be disappointing like, it was never going to be as interesting. It's just, like, this guy is just a crazy guy. Yeah. Who yeah. just and in- signs up and wanted to kill everybody.
1: Yeah. and I mean, he's the equivalent. If we're going to, like, do the Hunger Games comparison, he's, like, a career, yeah. but one of the very undeveloped careers. Yeah.
2: Yeah, he really is kind of like the like the Kato for this or something. Like yeah. That. If um, we knew,
1: like, nothing about Kato. Yeah. Which we, you know. Yeah, you don't really know that much about Kato anyway. But,
2: But, yeah, just dangerous and very well-equipped for this situation.
1: Yeah. And it's interesting how you see the other, like, characters who are in these cliques, who are much better developed. Because you have these girls who are, like, in a lighthouse. These, like, long friends who seem, like, they don't want to kill anyone. Is, is this spoilery? Maybe this is...
2: I think we're getting there. Yeah, the thing that's really kind of hard is that it. the movie is... it. It almost feels a bit like a Mad Max movie. Like, just that kind of film where it's not so much one consecutive story as it is like a series of very brief vignettes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they sort of exist independently from one another. So it's a lot where just, you know, the characters in one just don't interact with the characters in another at all. Yeah. You like
0: just kind of learn end. the, you yeah. learn the fates of individual characters as their stories play out. And most of them don't end up touching on each other at all. Yeah. Really in any way. All right. So I think ultimately that this is just kind of difficult to really carry on a conversation about without just talking about everything that happens in the movie. So we're going to, we're going to cut our spoiler break here. uh, Just real quickly. Uh, Does everybody, would everybody recommend this?
1: I would. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's, it's obviously not going to be for everybody. If, if you've gotten this far into listening to this series, then I guess you're probably okay with, you know, it's, and you got kids killing kids. It is, it is the, it's the core of the film. Yeah. If yeah, you can't but, take
0: gore, if you can't take blood. I mean, it's not gory really yeah. at all, but and it's like the effects aren't great, so it's like it's not believable enough, I feel like to to affect maybe the more squeamish people around, but there is the possibility there's a lot of fake blood, there's a lot of slicing of throats and shooting and and yeah. and, and The that deaths kind of are stuff. more
1: violent in general. I'd yeah. say than in Hunger Games and um and more plentiful. Yeah. There's yeah. just so many there's more just more kids. Yeah. people.
0: Yeah. Um but it is good. But it's, it's a very good it's movie. It's very good.
1: Yeah, uh, it came right- before Hunger Games. I don't know if we mentioned that, but it predates yeah. Hunger Games
2: by about ten years. Yeah, yeah. This was, if if you remember when Hunger Games came out, there was a kind of a big discussion. This discussion basically happened a lot right around then, just with the fact that there are there's some very distinct similarities. Yeah.
0: So, uh, recommend it. See it, watch it, and then come back and listen to the rest of this podcast if you haven't seen it already. On that note, before we cut over, we'll just talk about our next theme and movie. So our theme for our next series is going to be uh, Raygun Gothic, which is a term coined by William Gibson in his short story, The Chronicle Continuum. Continuum. I'm always going to call it Chronicles. It It's just come natural to me, and I don't understand why. Uh, the Greensback Continuum uh that will be our book or our read since it's really more of a short story uh but our movie is going to be zathura which i have seen and cleo has seen and james has not which is very fun fun. i saw it recently uh for a second time and it's just as good i had a lot of fun with it so watch that before episode uh you'll you'll have fun with
2: that too um and on top of all that this month, we're trying something new, and we think that we're going to stick with it for a while, but we're adding a, a fourth episode to this series. So in addition to the usual read-watch play, we're going to do an extra episode at the end where we talk about this kind of kids killing kids theme just as as a whole, um, kind of get into the fact that it was surprisingly easy to find three works that dealt with this and what that might mean, um, and get a lot more into the similarities and differences between all three and kind of take a take a more... Pulled back, look at all of it as a whole. So um, definitely keep an eye out for that at the end of this series. um, You might have noticed by now that this is coming out a bit later than usual. That's because we're moving to a release once every two weeks, as opposed to once a week for three weeks in each month. So again, we said it last episode, don't look for play next week. It will be out the week after that. And then two weeks from that, you'll have the themed episode, and then we'll be moving into into ray gun gothic but for now battle royale battle royale okay.
1: so yeah i mean the main clicks you have here you have the girls in the lighthouse right who seem very set on not killing each other or not killing anyone and they're just kind of trying to take care of everyone
0: and also the most depressing of all the storylines in yeah, my opinion i would agree
1: yeah it was that was bad um because we have there's the one girl who saw shuya accidentally kill a guy who had attacked him
0: Right. Like, they roll down... Like, the guy ends up killed with his own weapon after they roll down a hill. Yeah.
1: But she sees it as Chuya killed him. And so, to her, he's one of the people who is, you know, stooped low enough to participate in this horrible kind of thing.
0: And I feel like she must have had some kind of direct connection to that kid, because she she seemed to take it so personally. Yeah. It's like, everybody else, like, they were all classmates, right? But everybody else was like, no, no, it was an accident. It's totally believable. And she saw it, and she's like, no, he has to die. So.
1: So, yeah, she tries to poison the food that's going to go to Shuya. Somebody else eats the food, girl dies. Then the other girls immediately kind of turn on each other and being like, who did that? Right. Who was the one who, and it just it erupts in gunfire. Everyone dies except for the girl who did the poisoning. Shuya like goes down at the last, before, after it's too late.
0: Right, because and- he got, he, at this point, he's been injured and brought to the lighthouse and like nursed back to health. But because of the girl who's freaked out by his presence, he's been locked in his room. And so all of this happens while well, he can't get out of his room. And then this girl comes upstairs and, like, opens the door for him and, like, says that she's sorry or that it wasn't her fault or some combination she of says, those things. She says, like, I,
1: didn't, I forgot how much I liked them all. Yeah. And, and then, then she, she just keeps, she
0: keeps running up the, the lighthouse and he goes down to see what happened. And then he runs up to see what happened to her and she jumped off the top. Yeah, um, Just... Just an awful depressing storyline.
1: Because this is like one of the few groups who's basically said, I'm not killing anyone. Yeah. Of course,
0: they all would have just died together when their bomb collars exploded. Yeah. But it but would have been better.
1: Because then you also have the clique, which is like the boys in like the warehouse or something, right? The yeah. ones who are working on, they have like the, the tracking bomb. device and then they're trying to hack into the system so that they can take their collars off and...
0: I even think they made it, th- they had thought that would be something they could do. They wanted, they were like trying to shut down their, the tracking ability. Yeah. In order to like deliver this big bomb. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So you have people right from the beginning who are trying to fight against this battle Royale thing. Yeah. Um, and then you see these glimpses of these other characters. There's some who kill themselves. They jump off a cliff. It's a boy and a girl. Right. Hold hands and they decide that they'd rather die. They'd rather commit suicide than have to participate. Um, either by killing other people or being killed themselves. Yeah, then and
0: then you, there's another there's another couple that like hang themselves from like a wash rack or something like something yeah. small. It's not even a tree. It's just like a rack of some kind. Yeah, uh, but it's outside, and, and
1: then you have a, the clique of girls that Shigusa was also a part of, and she like quickly turns against um, where they had some kind of problem where she, like someone stole someone's boyfriend, and. That's coming back to haunt them now when everyone's armed. Right. Uh, and it's, it's, it's interesting to – because you, t- you could take it as being a direct metaphor for, oh, kids – these kids killing each other is like kind of what really happens in the classrooms now or like there's – except for without the actual death. Right. Um, where people are backstabbing each other and the politics of it all are actually like very kind of complicated yeah. and pretty treacherous. And can feel, definitely, I mean, like, you, could, if you think about it in a bullying context, then yes, it is life or death in some of those cases. I'm not sure how much the director writers were, like, trying to go for that being a direct comparison, but you definitely, it's hard to watch it without just kind of reading that.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you also just get the the story of, like, what society in general can fall down into just depicted through children
1: yeah
2: yeah and i think kind of in in addition to a lot of that part of the part of the premise for the movie and like why this battle royale exists is this sense that like you know kind of the the kids in japan at this point are somehow getting out of control um and somehow this does something about that that's also left kind of unclear like we said earlier it no one seems to know about it so no one has like this sense of like oh better behave or else you know battle royale
0: Exactly. That's yeah. the thing that that bugs me. It's like at least if they knew what was happening, but then we wouldn't get all it. that fun, all those yeah. fun scenes in the beginning. Explain, I guess. It. Yeah. Right? Like they would still need to explain it out of some like protocol or whatever, but there
2: wouldn't be as much like,
0: "What's going on? I can't believe this. Why is this happening?"
2: Yeah, but stuff. I think kind of on top of that though is in addition to kind of getting that the whole thing being sort of metaphorical. I think that they you end up with sort of a neat element of. So you have the sense that, like, even with this premise of, like, oh, everyone's just kind of going nuts, but then you see that in in this situation where they're like, oh, okay, so you want to go nuts? Go nuts. Here's a gun. And that you see kind of some people really taking to that and other people just really not. Um, yeah. And I think there's kind of something to be said for even that, just the sheer number of people who don't, you know, the, the number of people who kind of quote-unquote opt out by like deciding not to be like a part of this and killing themselves or even the ones who try and call for peace um the ones who just seclude themselves off in the lighthouse and you have i think that overall it does a really good job of just showing like this very wide range of reactions to something like that it i guess i i compared it to mad max earlier in the sense that it is like a series of vignettes but it it's also like those films in kind of a different sense where you really have just here's like a lot of different reactions to just society is over you know and you've got the people who just like really take to that and the people who just try and continue as normal and it it's this very quick like zero to post-apocalypse without actually having to end the world
0: Mm -hmm. i gotta say do so one very specific thing just about this movie do you guys think that the girls using the megaphone were actually calling for people to be like, yeah, let's get together and help each other and be peaceful? Or do you think they were just trying to lure people in to kill them?
1: I think in that case, they were actually wanting a kind of ceasefire situation. Because there were enough... You see them early on enough that that's kind of like the first instance of you really seeing people who aren't wanting to kill each other. But by the end of the film, when you look back and you see that there were actually a bunch of groups who were trying to be nonviolent, that they likely probably were... Not actually trying to lure people to their deaths, but they get killed off so quickly after they start trying to call people to them.
0: Right. Because that's the thing. They just call people to them to end up killing them. Yeah. Um, My that was my sort of my first instinct was like, oh, look, friends or whatever. And then after about 30 seconds, I was like, no, that's kind of shady. That's (laughs) that's a little suspicious.
1: Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't if I were in this, I would not go to them, but I probably wouldn't be. I don't know. I don't know. We'll never know. (laughs) There's
0: only one way to find out. So, Battle Royale next week.
2: I feel like one of the really interesting things with that scene in particular is, like, they do leave it ambiguous. And it is really neat, because as you're watching it, like, you as the viewer have this information. You're like, oh, well, this might be a trap, et cetera, et cetera. Because, I mean, you don't know them there. It's not like, oh, yeah, your friends are doing this. So, like, they wouldn't try and kill us. Right. But then, like, the degree to which they are just not at all prepared for someone to actually come up and attack them yeah i think kind of yeah i guess that does kind of put that to bed but even then like only partially right like they might not have he comes up like he sneaks up from behind right so it's i i think that they do a good job of leaving that ambiguous but it that real differentiation between like seeing how the people react and you have enough there to say it's like no like i could understand why they would do this thing that i as a viewer know is probably a super bad idea right but
1: i have another question that's kind of i i it might be something that was explained in battle royale 2 which is supposed to be a, like a really awful movie
2: just just terrible also on
1: netflix but apparently just really really bad uh which makes me sad but what is going on with Kitano and the girl in noriko like, cause he, he draws, at the end he has this painting that he's been doing that has like everyone, all the students slaughtered on. Oh, right. Right. Um, and I'm... then, but her, she's in the center, like glow, like a sun, like basically behind her. Yeah. And she, and he says like, oh, you're the only one who was like worth living out of this group. And then the earlier than that, he like comes up to her in the field, in the arena or whatever, and gives her an umbrella. when Just
0: because it's raining? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, my interpretation there is that she is the only, like, person, young, like, only younger person ever to have shown him any respect at all. It's like, the, the students, he, he seems to have a general distaste and, like, disdain for the students he's taught. And his daughter hates him, uh, by all accounts. And so the fact that he had the student who was nice and respectful and well adjusted and 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 all of that and that they had like positive interactions just sort of leads me to believe that that's why he he treated her that way.
2: Yeah. I think we kind of get that very brief introductory scene before we really know anybody. Um when we see when we see her coming into class and Kitano's there and I don't think you get a good look at his face so I that was my big thing right off the bat was I wasn't sure if that was a flashback or if that was like a different class right um and then eventually they do clear that up a bit um and just like she's the only one who comes to class and everyone else like written on the board like took the day off because we want to class 7b or something like that yep mm-hmm. um but yeah which is which makes sense later but isn't necessarily enough in and of itself to say like oh yeah you know she's like a, a good student especially because it seems like she comes because she came late yeah um and you then don't really she hides a knife
1: when nobu stabs him
2: yeah, she takes it and, like, Hides it keeps it to her herself. Bag. Yeah. um, Yeah, it's... I was kind of interesting, too, like, where that came from, if there was some kind of relationship there. She has the dream, like, earlier on, where, like, she and Katana were, like, by a river. Having
1: popsicles. Having, yeah,
2: eating popsicles, and that was kind of a surprise in and of itself. I was... Yeah. Wasn't really sure where that...
1: And she kind of was like, oh, I think he's lonely or something, right? yeah. I don't know. It was interesting and not thoroughly explained by the end.
2: Yeah. It's kind of that beginning of like Kitano as like a person who has maybe kind of been over the years brought down to this. Yeah. As opposed to just being like inherently awful. But.
1: Because I also, there's another, I, I keep remembering Clockwork Orange now from this where. He, it's kind of reminds me of that dynamic between like the doctors who are just doing this thing. to the little, the Ludovico, the eye, you know, the eyeball scene, yeah, right. Yeah. The mm-hmm. people who are like trying to fix these delinquents, but don't really care about them as people. They just see them as a problem that needs to be solved. And then later on there, I guess it's been a long time since I've seen the movie or read the book, but there is like kind of this reversal of like, we, you can't do this to like, even if they are like criminal delinquents, you can't do this to them. Yeah, and Katano never sees a revert. I mean, he doesn't seem to regret anything he's done. The one rede- like potentially redeeming thing is that you find out that he does like Noriko, um, but, but also in a
2: pretty creepy kind of way. Yeah,
1: in a, in a kind of yeah, in a kind of way where I was like, is he a pedophile? I am not sure.
2: I don't. That seemed like the big implication.
1: Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, I could not tell because she's, I mean, ninth graders are already fucking young. That's not even like having a crush on a seventeen year old student, which I don't approve of either. But <laughs> but like she's like You're
0: fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. Yeah.
1: God. It's the movie.
0: <laughs> Katano is great though. The actor who so the actor who plays that teacher, the teacher is Katano Sensei. And the actor is uh Takashi Katano. And they just like renamed the character after him. Um because he is this just, like, known and, and like, respected actor in Japan. Um, and he just, like, he kind of killed it. Yeah, he's he was one of the better parts of this movie.
1: Yeah. It gets a little surreal towards the end when he's, like, he, he like, he, you think he's got, gotten shot, right? To death. Yeah. And then he just gets
0: <laughs> he up. Just, they talk for two minutes, <laughs> and then the phone starts ringing, and he just gets up and answers it.
1: <laughs> he eats a cookie. There's a big deal out of the cookies that Noriko made. She made them for Nobu or Shuya or both of them. Or I don't know. And I think then...
0: she made them for, I was going to say, I thought she made them for the entire class, but there are so many of them left. Yeah. yeah. That I feel like she, she's like, you know, I made them to share them out and there were a lot of cookies. Yeah. But then most of them are still there when, when he's eating them. Um, But yeah, she just like, I, the assumption is that she made them to like, woo Shuya because she had a crush on him
1: yeah which is sad because Nobu had a crush on her yep and Nobu dies they do that interesting thing with like the black screen with the white text and I think also I don't know if they have the voiceover but it's like things that happened in the past so you see something about like Nobu having said like do you like anyone Shuya and oh and there's that whole backstory with Nobu and Shuya being raised in the foster system yep because Shuya's dad his mom's like out of the picture I can't remember. I think she ran away.
2: Yeah, they only say once, like right at the beginning. Yeah, she like left when he was a certain age or something. And then the dad
1: commits suicide because he can't find work. And that was like, and he has like the paper that's wrapped around him that's like, "You can do it, Shuya. Like I believe in you, Shuya." Oh my god. And he's like hung himself with an or hanged himself with an extension cord because when you when you hang when you're hanged, it's hanged, not hung. You're hung on a wall or you're hanged from a tree. Sorry, grammar point, but um important um, but seeing he says and Shuya says later on in the movie like i guess i just don't really trust adults because i was abandoned by both my parents even in different one one of them left and the other one killed himself right. so it's kind of and that that comes kind of towards the end of the movie i think where it's kind of explaining maybe more why kids have become more delinquenty because they feel that the, the adults in their lives have kind of failed them
0: Right, because the economy has collapsed and and unemployment in Japan is at, like, 15%, and it's just, like,
2: untenable. Yeah. What's doubly interesting is they kind of... They never get deep into that, but they play with that idea of kind of, like, what is, like, a real adult at a few points. Like, early on, um, Katani brings in their... Like, this class's ninth-grade teacher who, like I said, like, lobbied against them being chosen. You see him, like, briefly on the bus and like his eyes have been torn out or something it's not even just like that he's dead like it's he's been like mutilated yeah it's pretty it's pretty gross but kind of makes these points It's just like oh yeah you've got like you know he was like he was like a failure of an adult and yeah. there's kind of it's it's very much underlying and it just comes up at a few points but this sense of like what it is to like actually be an adult like what that means um i think that which i think makes it like doubly meaningful when you've got that of like weird painting or collage or whatever it is that katana does that it looks very childish you know it it looks like something that like a 10 year old would do like it's yeah. not it's not good art for no. lack of a better term um and he has like a water pistol at that point and you kind of these things that i think sort of suggest that even though for the entire movie you've got these kids who are being forced to act argue like quote unquote like adults it's not say that you know murder is like a like a regular adult thing (laughs) to do but kind of like this like forced loss of innocence like that's been put onto them the situation they've been forced into by these adults who are arguably acting childish themselves you know and you kind of have this sense that it seems like the idea is like that these children are being punished and forced to lose their innocence very quickly because they're being blamed by adults for something that is, in fact, the fault of the adults who are not being responsible adults and leaders and guides for things like that. But that the punishment is still falling upon the children who are themselves arguably you know, already being punished by not really having that kind of support structure.
1: Yep. It's interesting because I'm trying to figure out timeline-wise, there's no indicator that it's really in the future at all. That it's, mean, it, it's like it could have i mean
0: could happen tomorrow
1: yeah or of could have. well it could have happened tomorrow back in like 1999 yeah
2: <laughs> um i think like the battle royale act is like i think that it i think like the battle royale like they said it was passed is like the millennium something act so it's uh, so but i mean it's it's in the future but not a lot yeah like if if the thing was the and this is based on it's is it a manga, or is it a
1: it's a novel the novel it's okay. like a pretty substantial novel it's long
2: yeah that was the thing that i just wasn't sure because i wasn't familiar with the source material at all i think that i want to say that i've seen a manga version of it but i wasn't positive that it was that that was the original that was what i was curious about
1: yeah the book um, came first
2: yeah um i don't know when that was written but i get the impression though that it was meant to be in the future but not like the distant future
1: yeah because they're not fighting with like futuristic weapons or anything they don't have any like high-tech anything or other
2: yeah and a few shots you get of like the actual school and the city and all that just look normal. Yeah.
1: Totally contemporary. Yeah,
2: yeah again to to reference the Hunger Games, this is it's not like a a far flung future that has advanced in like a few specific ways but is otherwise relatively recognizable. It's it very much is like, you know, 10 years out, 5 years out from yeah. from when it was made. It's kind of just a hard movie to talk about in general, right? Like there's, there's a lot that's going on, but also a lot of it is very short lived. You know, you can talk about each vignette in and of itself, but generally it's, you, know, you kind of have that and it's a lot harder to wrap your head around the thing as a whole. Um,
1: yeah. It did make me wonder though, like if I, I looked back, thought about my ninth grade class, and if we were put in a similar situation, how would I think that the people there would have reacted? And Cause I don't know. It's surprising how many people are will in in this are willing to just go out and kill each other. Yeah. And it always makes you wonder. Even with Hunger Games too, like it makes you wonder, like in a, if this really were to happen, how many people would just be so willing to jump into? Let's fucking brutally mur- murder each other, murmur each other.
0: Um, <laughs> it's like they're brutally other. murmuring.
1: Brutal murmuring. Um, but. Because I can definitely think of a few kids who would be like, yeah, they would probably, if they were like given the go-ahead to just brutally rip out at each other's throats, they probably would if they didn't have any repercussions. But I think the vast majority of people would probably either choose to commit suicide so they wouldn't have to participate, or just would try to find a way to, like, I guess, passively commit suicide by just not participating until... Someone to, like found them. Yeah.
0: To speak to one specific point in the movie, the... The moment when I already forgot—is it Karata, Koata,
1: Koata? Yeah.
0: When when he seems to turn on Shuya and uh, oh, and Noriko, end. did you buy into that, or did you assume it was a ruse of some kind? Yeah, not
2: at all.
1: Yeah, I pretty much knew he was a good guy by then. It
2: it's it's an interesting scene, right? Because we've we've established at that point, at least we the viewers have that. The people controlling everything can hear what everyone's doing, but not see what they're doing. Right. There's some sense of knowing whether or not someone is alive, and they can track where you are on a map, but there's not, like, cameras everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like Quada knows this, like, because he's, he's been through this before, and he's got a whole backstory um, with... His girlfriend. Yeah, his girlfriend. name. Yeah, Keiko. So he kind of knows the ins and outs of this. So I guess presumably he knew he knew that. But yeah, it it comes up as very like, I don't know. The big thing, at least for me, is in a movie that's never shied away from showing someone killing someone else that they cut to black and then you get gunshots. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, that's yeah. like I had sort of smelled something up up until that point. And that was yeah. like the moment that they didn't show the gunshots was the moment I knew for sure that they like weren't dead but that was it was like the scene was happening and I was like oh shit can't believe this is actually happening and then I basically like kind of slowly put together all of those things that you just said where it's like yeah. well the tracking the necklaces how much he probably knows this that and the other and so that by the time he was like ready to shoot them like he had done he was done pontificating about whether or not you could actually shoot him mm-hmm. right and I had like sort of realized what was actually happening and then the the cut to black with the gunshots just like sort of sealed it.
1: Yeah. So, here's a, another thing that I was wondering about when when he talks about the story with his girlfriend in the last battle royale that he was in. He says that they were like the last two alive, everybody else they managed to kill everybody else or survive right. everybody else. And then their necklaces started going off like beeping or their whatever, not necklaces, but their neck chain thing whatever I mean, they're or, necklaces yeah. yeah and collars I guess yeah collars and then Keiko stabs him or shoots him shoots him and then he shoots her back and kills her effectively but then she's smiling at him afterwards So did she do that so that he would kill her knowing that she wasn't gonna like do lethal damage
0: that's my assumption is that she like shot him like in a just like
1: to give him an excuse in the to torso shoot her. somewhere yeah. so that he
0: would react and shoot her Knowing that she was specifically aiming to do non-lethal damage, but he would just be shooting. Yeah. Uh, Hoping that he would kill her so that he, he could, could live. live.
1: Yeah, I wasn't entirely sure whether that was what would happen. Because they never outright say. Right. Yeah. Because that's the thing he's wondering about right up until his death at the end on the boat. Is like, why was she smiling when she died? And I just like fucking shot her.
2: Yeah, I was. I wasn't necessarily convinced that she wasn't trying to kill him. But I think that that's what she came to at the end. Like, my thing was, like, it. she may or may not have been trying to kill him there, right. but I think that she was happy in the end of it that he survived. Was kind of my take on it. Whether or not that was, like, her plan the whole time, yeah, that I wasn't sure about.
0: Yeah, and I mean, that comes down to what you want to believe, because ultimately either one could be yeah. is equally
2: possible of being true. We don't really know anything about Keiko as a person. Yeah. Um, Maybe she's terrible. She might be. Um <laughs>
1: I like a running joke where he was like, "Oh yeah, my dad was a chef, or my dad was a doctor, or yeah, my dad was like a sea captain."
2: Yep. Yeah. Just like how I don't, I don't know who his dad actually
0: me. is. Like I'm, legitimately curious now. The thing that I liked most what about that dad... like a, doctor and chef on a
2: boat could be
1: explains <laughs> all his skills that he has. Anyway,
0: but, sorry, go ahead, Jeff
2: uh, The thing that I liked most about that was that it it was a good running reminder that this guy is kind of a, a bit of a duplicitous character. Like you don't actually know that much about him. And so for that, Oh yeah, it's fine. You know, it's where he picked up learning how to cook rice really well and how he knows how to like, you know, do some basic stuff with medicine. But at the same time, then there are those legitimate moments where he's just like, no, there was no Keiko. I said that just so you would like, trust me. And so you've got those moments where it helps those a lot. It, It's not quite enough to sell, like you were saying, Justin, at the end when he's like, oh, no, yeah, you shouldn't have trusted me. I'm actually going to kill you. It was my plan all along. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's a very bizarrely, like, up and up, like, here was my plan scene. It's not enough to make that feel like it might be the case, but it's neat to have this, like, ongoing reminder that he's not necessarily being, you know, honest. What did everyone think of just the actual ending of, like, them being on the boat and then just like on the run through Tokyo
1: felt a little weak to me
2: yeah I thought for a movie that was otherwise really good I completely agree
1: yeah and then also I maybe it was knowing kind of the gist of what happens in the second movie <laughs> and that that was leading up to that I was just like uh why is this like can we just do anything other than this
0: I I would have been content if it just ended with, with them on the being boat. on the boat
1: yeah I'd like rather getting not away know from than, the island. Yeah.
0: But with, I mean, it, the first time I had watched it, I didn't know anything about the second movie. It felt okay. Just the idea that they would go into hiding and maybe eventually just try to change their names and then become productive adults in this, like, weird fucked up society where they can probably get away with completely changing their identities.
2: But, but yeah, it's, it's weak regardless. Which is really too bad. It's for a movie with a lot of just individual stories that have good, like, satisfactory beginnings, middles, and ends. It's really kind of, and I would even say particularly satisfactory ends. It's kind of too bad that the overarching one has such a disappointing one. Yeah, yeah. It's a cool movie. Like it, it's kind of no, no two ways around it. Stylish movie, yeah. It's very stylish.
1: Super controversial when it came out. That's still not surprising. Still, yeah. yeah.
2: I I did a little bit of research as we were going just into the into the novel itself. The novel was written in '96, like on a short list for a prize in '97. Even like a prize for horror fiction was um, knocked out because of content, not because it wasn't good enough. They just said we we don't want this something a book about this to win. And then in '99, the book was officially published, was fantastically successful. Uh, the same author writes the manga that year. The film must have started production immediately because we were talking about this earlier. This came out two thousand. 2001 yeah. i mean it took a while for it to come to the states um but this movie is like early 2000s and i think one of the most interesting things about this is how often is a film that's like rushed out because this novel just like hit and was just everywhere and this movie got made and must have been a year two I years guess. yeah like it feels kind of low budget but not like so. yeah you know it's it it's really a neat thing for something that feels like it was this sort of like happy accident of just getting made i don't know i thought that was pretty cool like how many times do you have like that film adaptation of a book where that film adaptation is genuinely of quality you know yeah Yeah, and where the book is of quality i mean you know obviously like the godfather is based on a book and the godfather is clearly of quality but people don't go back and read The Godfather because that's like an amazing book. People watch that because it's an amazing film. Right. And certainly for that fast of a turnaround, I thought that was really cool. I didn't know that. Pretty badass. Yeah. I feel like the the single strong argument for the big hit book being turned into a film right away. It's like, oh, Battle Royale can do it. Just give all of these to Fujikawa.
0: Yeah. I, have it. Oh, I think I got it wrong again. It doesn't matter, we can cut it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: All right, so I think I think that kind of brings us through Battle Royale. It very cool, very stylish movie. Definitely something very out there and different. Up until uh, a lot of stuff started trying to do something similar. It makes me really curious if there's other stuff that follows the same thread that came before this that we just don't know as much about. Could be, you know, in the same way that we talked about the Hunger Games having you know various influences beyond this that came before it that you know didn't set off like this huge trend quite like it did i wonder if uh i wonder if there are earlier instances of this that we just don't really know about i'm really excited to get into danganronpa getting into the similarities and differences between all these is going to be great because it becomes more and more clear that battle royale is Lynchpin. Like linchpin it is the thing that everyone saw and went wow you know obviously everyone changes up we we talked a lot about hunger games i think that hunger games over the course of that entire series really does a good job of differentiating itself and yeah that first book though yeah whatever whatever you want to say about the the hunger games conceit overall i think that that series shows its quality in like other ways and distinct ways and things that it does that only it does but yeah i think having this in the mix though as that sort of starting point for a lot of this is gonna make for a it's gonna make for a fun time so with that thank you all very much and we'll see you next episode